thanks for joining us for another episode of the Appledore Research Podcast. My name is Robert Curran, Consulting Analyst with Appledore. As ever, we're here to share insights on the transformation of telecom in the era of cloud, network automation, and AI. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Now, enjoy the show. In talking with telcos and vendors about growth and innovation, the catch-all aspiration of new services is often explained as being delivered by a mysterious developer community, which makes sense to a point. After all, what good is a programmable network if there's no one actually programming it? But will 5G networks actually become the launchpad for the next Twilio, Vonage, Uber or Skype? We might not know exactly how a future gold rush will pan out, but as an industry, we'd better be prospecting for it already today. That's what today's guest has been doing for the best part of a decade, most notably as the founder of TADHack, a global hybrid event that rallies the mythical telecom developer community with the explicit aim of showing, well, cool stuff you can do with programmable networks. To be more specific, it shows how developers can use programmable network capabilities to do cool stuff. So with me here today to discuss programmable networks, innovation in telecom, what it means for telcos and everybody else, I'm really delighted to welcome Alan Quayle from TADHack. Welcome, Alan. Thank you so much for having me. Great to have you. And uh, welcome back, Francis Hayson, the man whose middle name may as well be Innovation. Uh, welcome back, Francis. I, I think you overpraised me, but it's good to be back. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alan, I do want to start with you. There are some people in the industry for whom you'll be a very familiar name. Uh, uh, with all due respect, I happen to know there's a lot more people in the industry for whom you're not a familiar name. Uh, and for whom TADHack is, is something new. Let's start, start with that. Uh, explain to us a bit about TADHack, your role in setting it up, and what that's all what that's all about and what you've been doing. Sure, no problem at all. So TADHack is in its 10th year. The TAD stands for Telecom Application Development. And as you said, it's all about educating people on the uh, power of using telecoms in your applications and services. And of course, helping developers learn about uh, those resources and helping promote those uh, uh, developers. I mean, we've had companies founded from developers that have come in, solved a problem that matters to them using programmable uh, telecoms, and from that built companies. So that's sort of, you're at a very high level. Now, we actually began, uh, there's a conference we run, uh, TAD Summit. So that's, you know, uh, sort of more sort of, you know, boring thing, it's not the hackathon. At TED Summit, first event we ran was in 2013. That was in Bangkok. The consensus coming out of that was we should do a hackathon. So, you know, we would, quite a few of the sponsors were already working with Telefonica Digital at the time. So they said, let's make the hub uh, Madrid. Now, of course, in true telco fashion, they decided to close down Telefonica Digital in March of 2014. And we had already had the event lined up for uh, June 2014 in Madrid. So of course, you know, one of the reasons we were exciting in, in, um, <laughs> you know, in Madrid disappeared, but we still had amazing event there. We had also locations remotely taking part, for example, um, in Sri Lanka. Uh, and I must give a shout out to our DMR. They are a countrywide innovation ecosystem uh, that belongs to uh, Dialogue as the art, and for, as far as I'm concerned, is the template every telco should be uh, following. 
We also had locations running in Chicago, in Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur, in the Philippines. And of course, we've always had remote entry. You know, people can hack from the comfort of their own home. And definitely that helped us through the uh, pandemic. This year, for Tadhack, we have uh, Colombia, Sri Lanka again, thanks to uh, IdeaMart and Senate Mobile. And we have five locations around Africa. So we're really excited to see what comes out of Africa. I would say, in terms of advice for uh, telcos when they're looking at this, is a commitment to developers is not only for Christmas. It's a lifetime commitment. Is there a, is there a theme to each individual TADHack event? No, is there a, a particular set of issues or what, what what's the structure of how people participate? Yeah, yeah. So basically, uh, we were very open. So the sponsors come, they offer their resources, and we ask developers to come and solve problems that matter to them. So we don't force them to, you must hack on this topic or you must hack on this topic. We're not trying to force learning. Uh, what we're offering is a set of APIs that are really easy to use. And that's from the sponsors. And we say, you know, what matters is you in your home, you know, sort of community, work life, are seeing tons of problems. Have a think about how these resources can be used to solve uh, those problems or, you know, part of those problems. So sure. it's very open format, but every time we see amazing innovations created, as I mentioned before, some of which go on to become real companies. Mm -hmm. Can you mention one or two examples of something you've seen? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So back to our first hackathon, we had a team from uh, Sri Lanka. And they created, it was just using location information and uh, some network data and was providing targeted marketing, uh, sort of SMS. And that, you know, became a funded company that's still operating today. They're looking more in the sort of education space uh, and in payments. That's, you know, where they're focused at the moment. But it's great to see from, you know, young developers creating a hack getting funding. Uh, we have, uh, oh, wow. Um, there's a company in France that uh, did a hack. We ran a hackathon in Paris uh, five or six years ago. It could be more. And uh, again, they won at that hackathon and that prompted them to create a company. And that's looking at, I would say, where it is today is it's like an agent that helps you in managing your uh, communications. It was just like a value-added service on voicemail is where they began. But today, as you would imagine, it's taking advantage of uh, ChatGPT and a whole host of other functions. Very much last year, when the Transformer model came out in uh, a, you know weak AI, as we should call it, or software, if you prefer, uh, that really started to change how they're uh, developing their service. And again, you know, it's not... You do the hack and then you're just implementing your hack. It's you do your hack and then you realize there's something here. And then it's an evolution over time as you build the company. The 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 sense of community. I, you know, we've kind of framed today's conversation around around the developer community um, mm -hmm. as if it's one thing. Um, and <laughs> it's a bit of a shorthand, but again, without putting words in your mouth at all. Um, yeah. Just give us a little bit of insight. We, we talked on a recent podcast with 
with Katja Henke from the I14Y, which is, the, I'm sure you know, the, the telecom sponsored, uh, among other things, in, uh, yeah. uh, lab. And we talked a little, little bit about this uh, uh, then. But I'm interested in, in how, how you explain what this developer community looks like when it gets together. Okay, what are its characteristics? So, you know, how, the people who are coming, why are they there? And what do they, what do, they do then when yeah. they're there? And, and, and what do they walk away with? Yeah, so they're there to learn. Uh, it's as simple as that. You know, it's over a weekend. You can learn some uh, new APIs. You can experiment. Um, and there's a chance to win some cash. I mean, we're not proud. You know, we're not Amazon or Google. We're just learning, you know, uh, our platform, you know, is enough to add to your resume. You know, we're very much, I mean, we do promote developers on the TADHack site and, you know, wherever we can. But there's cash to it. So that attracts in, you know, Generally, I mean, at our peak, we were like two and a half, three thousand developer registrations, but that was just too big. I, mean, I couldn't carry that pace. Uh, but you know, I would say we're generally five hundred to seven hundred people come together over a weekend and solve problems that matter to them using programmable telecoms or programmable communications. And it's a whole variety. It's students, it's, you know, young uh, programmers that, you know, finished college and, you know, they're a little bit, you know, intimidated in doing like an industry hackathon. But once they get in and they realize, down, this is fun. And actually, these are all really nice people. You know, it, it brings through a lot of young people. I mean, we have, you know, middle school, high school uh, as, that come back year after year because they have so much fun. We have retired people that are, you know, they're getting into, uh, you know, software development and, you know, want to take part. So I'd say it's a big spectrum. And of course, we have industry types that are using it as a platform to promote something built on the uh, sponsors' uh, platform. So there's many different types mm -hmm. of uh, developers that uh, get involved. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, one clearly important constituency in this whole conversation is is telcos themselves, and and uh, I mean, I'm conscious in the past ten years or so, there's been a number of different telco API initiatives uh, yes. that have you know come and largely gone. Um, and again, you've you've on the coal face as that's yes. happened. Yeah. I'm just wondering how you how you've seen the role of telcos uh, involved in the kind of work you're doing change yeah. over time or how much of it is is the same you know or yeah. and also well, the api landscape has evolved massively since uh, since 2014. oh uh, I, I, I i'd slightly add to that one are you seeing any evidence of change given the failed initiatives before <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was going to address that so i mean we're talking about telcos here okay they don't change so a word that's bandied about is developer-centric operator or developer-centric telco. That's an oxymoron for most operators. Now, there are exceptions to the rule. I've already mentioned IdeaMart. That remains the most successful countrywide innovation ecosystem of any telco. And they've been part of TATAC since the beginning and will be part of uh, TATAC uh, coming up in October on the weekend of the uh, um, 21st and 22nd. Um, but there's two problems telcos have. Uh, the first is, you know, as a developer, you know, if you've got to create multiple revisions of your platform, you know, two is about as much as they want to deal with, and that's Apple and Android. And they've delivered 
successful global platforms to billions of users. Now, of course, developers are using resources from Google, Microsoft, Twilio, Cinch, and they all deliver global services that are developer-centric and just work. Now, when we look over at the current uh, camera clan, uh, they're not going to deliver a developer-centric you know, API. It's not going to deliver a clear you know, sort of global solution. There's going to be pricing variations. There's going to be special requirements. I, you can just see in their approach, it's wholly out of the touch with when you look at every other developer-centric initiative. They're focused on self-aggrandizement rather than empowering developers. And that's what we do at TED Hack. We help developers learn and we promote the hell out of what they've done. The other problem is, again, telcos go, well, we have a network. You know, the value's in the network. Well, actually, when you look at the highly successful programmable communications market, uh, you know, the Twilio, Cinches, you know, GMS, Mobile, et cetera, they focus on services. They fo don't focus on the network. Uh, and developers just want internet access. Uh, internet access that works. You know, I, you know, the current fashion with camera is, well, we can you know, offer, uh, you know, sort of slices and quality of service. Again, we just need to look back at history. Putting APIs in, you know, in the way of the network just doesn't work. Packet cable multimedia. They were like, we can offer a um, you know, turbo button. Well, guess what? It didn't, didn't work. Um, also, I mean, T-Mobile was promoting their API so you can make take a slice that's high performance so you won't see video glitches on a uh, conference call. And I was just like, the 5G network that's operating at hundreds of megabits, you know what? There's a five other issues that are going to cause the glitch before you get to the 5G slice. So, you know, oh, I, it's, it's so self-focused in what they're doing. It's not learning from the past. I refer to camera as API 2.0. It's just repeating the same mistakes that we saw in API 1.0. Mm -hmm. One, sorry, one API. Yeah, uh, yes, yes. Uh, that, yeah, that's been referenced in some of the some of the coverage. Uh, Francis, it, this certainly seems to be kind of segueing into into your territory. You've written a lot about and published a lot of research on on innovation. And what's the difference between, you know, simply doing old things in a new way versus actually innovating? I mean, based on what you know, what you've been observing with with Alan and Tadhack, what, what's different here about about what telcos should be doing? I, I, I think Alan's got it. The, telco just needs to get out of the way, but also telco needs to to take quite a hard look at it itself to say. We, we talk about things like network slices or ultra reliable um, uh, low latency communication. Yeah. It can only work in an environment that has the capacity and the coverage to deliver that ubiquitously, even globally. Um, it's no use having a developer that can only use it in the uh, London area, uh, the central London area, and it's- On Vodafone's uh, network. <laughs> utterly useless elsewhere. Um, yeah. Certainly in some of um, the recent innovation uh, look at it is, is really, it's not about technology. It's a, it's a lot more about some very fundamental business problems. Um, 
coverage and capacity is is one. If if you're going to deliver, if you want to be able to deliver these higher value communication services, get the coverage and the capacity right and get the investment model to, to support that. If you think you're going to make money by this API, then invest in the coverage and capacity to deliver it. Um, the, the 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 second the second area i think is 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 one that's often lacked is is just what are the new business models to allow you to 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 do this um the problem with a lot of the api initiatives is in reality is the business model still comes back to the one thing that telcos don't want to be tied to which is you know commoditized connect connect connectivity so again look at the business models and some of those business models will look very very different to the ones that you're currently currently doing there's a, there's actually uh, i followed this company for a long time there's a company called Call, which is this wonderful thing that straps on the back of a cow and can tell when a cow is going to give birth okay and vodafone does this global sim for for it but the reality is it's a global sim so what yeah Okay, um, but so much that's attached to that device, there is the algorithm to do with the the cow. But the business model is probably more interesting. Is the value isn't the connectivity of the SMS? It's whether a a cow dies giving birth or a cow survives giving uh, giving birth. So how do you attach yourself to that value? A cow is worth more, tens of thousands of dollars, pounds, whatever. To the farmer, how do you attach your uh, how do you attach your your value to that that area? The third area um, that I think is important is that there's a whole we we talk about things like Shannon uh, Shannon theory and how much uh, capacity we can get in through the network. Interestingly enough, Shannon actually talks about two other problems which are highly related to things that Telco wants to do. One of one of which is the communication of higher level semantic information. IoT information. So how do you attach your edge and your 5G to actually information that's a lot less bits and bytes, but has a much higher value? And how do you attach to even higher level of information, which is things like control, on or off? This this machine needs to stop now. Um, very small amounts of information, very high, look, very, very high degrees of um, money att- money attached to it. And if if we can get the telcos to actually think about those those type of issue, issues, I think we've got a much stronger uh, uh, stronger value. And the fourth area that I see value from the telco is all this data that it has. How do you make that available? Alan's already um, mentioned an example with um, Axiata early on in Tad Hack. How do you make that available? But but not in a way that you're hiding it, in a way that allows other developers to think about clever things that they can do with the network. Maybe that's security. Maybe the most important thing is, you know, this person that I'm just about to do a major transaction with, they're in the place that I think they are. <laughs> they're, not some, they're not somewhere else. Telco knows that. So how do you get how extent, do you, yeah. Yeah. and there are free location services so I and there's the IP layer as well so it's like yes telco's got data but often it's running on creaky ancient systems where the exposure model doesn't work they think well we can expose this data yes but that's only part of the answer you've got all the IP layer you've got other data you've got static databases from aggregators so you know, the problem is telco is no longer you know, when we start 
moving into the data space on a world where it can stand by itself and go, well, we're an island, the value's here, just work with us. They have to look at a broader solution. It's like identity fraud, big issues, big markets are growing, but telcos can't say, well, look, there's, you know, here's a silent authentication, it's great. No, silent authentication doesn't work across all operators, it's part of the problem. And actually, it may not be relevant for this particular use case. And that's part of the problem, you need to be a layer higher. And that's why partnering is so essential. You know, saying we have an API, it's pointless. It's about the services. Uh, API is just a machine readable website, that's it, okay? And it's the service that you're offering. That's what matters. And telcos need to focus there rather than an abstract list of, you know, with camera services that are already exposed and provided by global service providers today. With that in mind, do, do you think that the, uh, I mean, the kind of things that, you know, the Amazons and Googles and, and Microsoft Azure's are, are increasingly making available, are they, are they just going to occupy that space or at least grab the sort of early wins in there is that is that how this pans out if, if telcos don't you know do something a little different or or am i kind of they can partner yeah i mean the, the, yeah they're just part of this um i would say yeah amazon microsoft uh google will do their thing i mean you know but they're not the be all and end all uh if you look in sort of fraud uh, identity there are a whole range of players across you know sort of identity and access management so you've got sort of like well, zero or those providers you've got when you're looking at risk and identity you've got all the big credit rating agencies and they're extending their offer so you know they've been working for banks for decades they're extending out into other aspects of uh, identity and risk management, but other types of uh, not just loans, it could be sort of, you know, microcredit. So we're seeing, you know, lots of players extending out. And the key is it's focusing on the problems, not going, you know, we have this little bit of data and we can char monetize it. It's not, you've got to look at how do we partner to get our piece in there and uh, delivering unique value. So it's it's a more complex space, unfortunately. I did a, a weblog recently about how Nokia can leapfrog Ericsson, because you know everybody gets very excited about Ericsson buying Vonage, which is a mistake. Uh, but uh, I referenced you know the failure that they're going to see in quality of service. But then I talk about fraud and identity, and it's still a you know. There isn't a single solution that's lots of players in this space all grabbing value. And telcos need to look at, you know, that's just too dynamic for us. How do we partner using some of the capabilities we've got with a dynamic entity that can deal with all the battles and positioning that's going to take place? So, I mean, again, the key thing is telcos need to know themselves. And working with developers, I would say they've pissed off developers for so many decades, it's best not to go there. And the key is find some partners that can work with developers, that can work with uh, enterprises that have that dynamism to be able to get the solutions that matter to the end customers. How much, Alan, how, how much, Alan, do you think um, the, I guess the telco approach to standards, the way standards are involved, waiting for a standard is... I have a hammer. It's called it's standards. Everything is a nail. Well, no, it's, it's, um, I'm going to have a hammer in 10 years' time. It's going to be hammer, uh, hammer G. Um, <laughs> the, the, the telco, it, it, it's, 
it, it, the opportunity is now, but Telco is thinking, yes, but I, I only have to wait till the standard allows me to do this or I can roll this out. And, and, and effectively, you're, you're, you're always playing catch up. <laughs> To... Yeah, but uh, Twilio, they didn't need a standard API. Nexmo didn't need a standard API. Tony, you must be founded. Nexmo said, well, I just sort of quickly sketched out what the API should look like. And we, do, you know, it, it's easy. You know, I, you don't need API standards. This is, again, a perversity and an example of why telcos would fail in this because they get so obsessed about, we have standardized APIs. Yes, but they need to evolve. And, you know, your guys that sit in a desk in a telco that have never used, live day in, day out with APIs, uh, sorry, but what you've produced is just ridiculous compared to state of the art. So the key is the standards won't work, the standards can't evolve. So the key is they need to partner with somebody that isn't going to even talk about standard APIs. They're just going to focus on delivering solutions, that is services that solve problems for customers. That in a particular category, that a telco partnership makes sense. So, I don't know, uh, uh, one last question for you, uh, today. very interesting conversation. Um, do you, is it your view that there's a, there's a space in the market for a, uh, for a API only telco? In the same way that there are, you know, I, I don't want to kind of overstretch the analogy, but the, yeah. but the banks that went entirely online, there are no branches, okay? Mm -hmm. Or the, again, not the Uber thing, we've done that one to death, but, but an yeah. offering that says, along the lines you're describing, which is we will present you with the ability to provide services. Well, that's all we provide. We provide services that just access via APIs. We don't do anything else um, except that it's accessed by an API. Is that a is that a model? Can we see a company emerge like that that that, that does that? Do you think, or 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 is telecom different somehow? That that's only ever going to be a stream of what a telco does. Uh, well, it's. Oh, I mean, it's possible. I'm. I don't see why not. Um, but it definitely won't come from one of the existing telcos. I, you know, I use Mint Mobile and, you know, everything's online and, you know, the, their advertising is basically, you know, 15 bucks and there's your plan per month. You know, while, you know, many families are paying, you know, $150, $250 per month for their uh, phone bill. So, uh, you know, I, I think... We could see innovation, but the key is, you know, you need to have reach and I maybe, but, you know, because one of the things that you asked uh, in the note, and I think it's really important is, you know, so where will telcos be in five years? And, you know, my view is they will remain state granted oligopolies, just raising prices and laying people off. That's it. Okay, we can see that in the US operators. They're doing that at the moment. Okay, they're just copying what the fixed broadband providers do. I mean, my fixed broadband provider just increases price. I don't know when they're going to do it. I just find them paying more per month, you know, because there is no real competition in the US around broadband access. And it's worse than that because, you know, we have had innovation in the telco e ecosystem thanks to all these A to P SMS providers doing a whole host of cool stuff. But telcos are so self-focused, they're killing this business. I mean, we have here in North America, the campaign registry, which now perversely is Indian owned, and you can't run a campaign without paying through the nose, getting their approvals on a Byzantine process. We've got, you know, 
clubs, people that companies that you know connect together with no costs. Well, if you're trying to you know if you're not in that club, you have to pay through the nose for ATP SMS. I mean, Root Mobile, the CEO gave what I think is a very important uh, you know sort of interview where he said we tried for six years to enter the U.S. market and failed. So telcos are ring fencing. You know, telcos are killing off innovation at the moment. And my view is that just sends them down one path, which is a state-granted oligopoly where their only route for increased revenues is raising prices. Francis, um, anything you want to add to that? I, I, I'm hoping the future will, will will be more positive than Alan is, 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 is painting. I'm hoping, I'm hoping. But Mark my words. <laughs> I'm... I'm I'm in, I'm intrigued, uh, Alan. You mentioned at the beginning the the, the great word that you, you think there is in Sri Lanka in Axiata, based around Axiata, the, the, yes. the, 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 the an alternative model. Now I think there's a there's a couple of things that immediately jump out to me. One of which is it's not a North Amer- it's not a North American or Western European. Much of that innovation, um, if you look at even if you were to go in Africa, is the innovation around money and pay as you go identity and really transformative in Intelco. What what if we wanted to go down the alternative route? <laughs> which is a innovative telco. What is it that we can learn from the Axiata advantage? What, what, what is it that is different about the... And I don't think it's technology. Is What is it that is different in the, 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 the culture of the company that makes that possible? Good question. So they created an entity, IdeaMart. Very small team. Uh, and, you know, the dev evangelists, you know, who, you know, I mean, I know since it was founded, you know, over 10 years ago, are now off working for all the big names in, you know, like Amazon, Google, because they're good. So, and it was always focused around making it as easy as possible. Now, we hear a lot of hype, low code, no code. Well, that's where they started. They had what was called templates back in 2013. So you didn't need for your SMS campaign or your notifications or whatever to have to use an API. You could just say, well, it's it's a marketing message you need to send. And you just populate the data as a small business owner and pop, you're going. So that was over 10 years ago that they were doing that. And, you know, they've engaged so many different communities. They've worked with the universities. They've worked in, you know, sort of uh, female empowerment. Uh, and they have, you know, Idea Mart for Women. We've partnered with them. We partnered with them for Tatak Open uh, just before Enterprise Connect in March this year. And we finally achieved where we had equality and representation across the developers. And believe me, that's difficult. But I was so pleased that we were able to get there. So, I think it's it's all about the people. And you need an entity that isn't a telco that's populated by people that aren't telcos. Uh, so, you know, that are developer-centric. So it is po- possible. I have promoted IdeaMart everywhere. And the re- reaction is, oh, that's developing nation stuff. It's like, no, it's not. You know, look what Twilio did. Look, you know, there's all these companies that have achieved in programmable communications success. So uh, I think that is the essence. It's you need a partner. There is no such thing as a developer-centric, uh, you know, um, telco. 
that's an oxymoron. There's no such thing as an innovative telco in terms of services. Operations, yes, but again, you know, it, 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 it's know thyself, look at history, and partner. So you can work with people that are fleet of foot to use your resources and capabilities uh, to deliver value, that is solving problems for businesses. Because in the, in the limit, you know, we, you say the word developer, but often that developer is employed by an enterprise and they're hacking because they learned something. It's like, oh, I could use that with our new dev device. We could basically, when they register, they could get the phone number, then we could send an SMS. Oh, and they tell the product manager that's launching this new device. And I've seen that. I, oh, that was in um, a Minneapolis-based uh, medical device company. From a hackathon, they take that learning in and then apply it, and it gets used. Now, of course, the company then you know talks to a number of big companies. It talked to Twilio. It talked to Nexmo to work out, well, who can give me the best price on SMS? But that's an example of how this works, is you empower people to understand what's possible, and then they go away and bring it back into their work. So in the limit, it's all about solving problems that uh, enterprises have for which they will pay. I think that's a great point to, to end on. Alan, thank you so much for your time today. Great insight. And please keep us posted on the cool stuff coming out from this year's Tad Hack. Will do. Absolutely. And, uh, and yeah, we'll talk again, I'm sure. Francis, thanks very much for joining us today. Thanks both gentlemen. Thank you. You're welcome. You have been listening to the Appledore Research Podcast. Join us next time for more insights and conversation on the transformation of telecom.